eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast, your podcast in which the VIPs at GoPowerCat.com over at Wabash Station, our message board, get to ask the questions and everyone gets to listen to our answers. I am Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat. And on board today, of course, are Zach Carlson and Ryan Gills Gilbert. No cool Carmody today, but he'll be back sometime after he's coached a lot of baseball. We're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop into The Fridge every time you are in Manhattan. Always great deals, great prices, great service, amazing service. And go check out their app. Uh, You can order on the app, wheel up and have it brought out and load it up into your car. Thank you, Pandemic, for that. One good thing to come out of the pandemic, at least. And on we go with the show I guess Gills is going to read today. He doesn't read really well. That's okay. We put it in big type and use um, a, a really fun type, Comic Sans. He loves Comic Sans. It, it tickles his brain. It's Helvetica. Helvetica is a poor man's Comic Sans. The budget's been slashed to go Pyrocat. Gills, read. First question comes from Jerome Yang. Did the Batcats deserve a tourney bid? Oh, we're going right into it. Right into it. Zach ain't messing around today. No, they didn't. Do you want to go first? I mean, we all agree. Yeah, we do. No. 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 I, you know, and I feel bad. I do. I feel badly for the kids because they played their ass off. But you head into the season knowing damn well that the RPI is an overemphasized parameter for selection. That it might be wrong. It may not be the best way to do it, but it's the way they're doing it. And you scheduled 
teams that lower your RPI. And on top of that, you lost to some of them. A lot of them, actually, as you go back and look through the season. Yeah, K-State got better. Yeah, they swept Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma got in the field. I get that that stings. But the committee, based on the RPI, decided that Oklahoma was better against the field than K-State. Because they're not going to play head-to-head unless they run into each other on down the line. And then, clearly, they both deserve to be in. The RPI was an enormous factor in the construction of the field last year. And it was going to be that way this year. And yet, here we are. You didn't play the game right, basically. It's like applying for a job you have no business applying for. Like, you didn't have any of the skills. You didn't have... The right amount of experience. Underqualified. You were underqualified to compete against the other candidates, and they were better than you, unfortunately. Overall. You lost four out of your last six games in the regular regular season against true tournament teams. You can't. The committee can't just look at that and say, oh, well, they they might be better against the field. You, You played the field. Sure, you won three games in the Big 12 tournament. That's great. But you still lost to TCU how many times in a row? I think it was four times in a row. Mm -hmm. K-State is a good Friday team, not necessarily a good weekend team. And obviously a bad midweek team because they lost some of these bad losses were just out there in in the middle of the week. Would it have been cool for K-State to make the NCAA tournament? Yes. Would they have won more than maybe the first elimination game? Probably not. I'm sorry. But that's just the reality. But, sure, you you schedule a series against UC Irvine. That's great. But they were a bubble team, too. You schedule one game apiece in a tournament against Iowa and LSU. Those need to be three-game series, either midweek or in in the early season before conference play starts. You knew the rules. You knew how to schedule it. You know what teams are going to be in the top 50, it's it's not rocket science. Oh, the, the distance. You are a college baseball team. There is no excuse to not go play baseball against good teams wherever you are in the country. It is literally not hard. Yeah, I agree. Omaha's RPI is 266. Air Force, 136. St. Thomas, 293. You cannot lose these games. So uh, yeah. I agree. Like, I wish Cole was here to argue with us, but I'm with you, you guys. I, I feel bad for the kids. They didn't make the schedule. They did play their hearts out through, down the stretch, got themselves in a position to be on the bubble, but they never had that definitive moment in which they got off the bubble and into the field. As Zach said, you you won two Friday nights in a row, correct, and then lost the Saturday Sunday games in the last two series of the the, the season. Sorry that uh, I, I've been around these RPI things a lot. I remember when when Jim Woldridge would say, "Well, we, we, I think we can get in the field and look at his schedule based on what you're going to have to win." You can go double more digit recent, Big Twelve games. You can go more recent than that with Bruce Weber, yeah, and his non conference scheduling schemes. It was bad. I mean, that's exactly what you're looking at with baseball. If you want to play with the best, play the best. It's as simple as that. You know, the measurement here is the coaches are trying to do two different things. They're trying to get their team into the field naturally, 
but they're also trying to collect wins so they get to stay head coach. And I think these two things were in opposition this year. Ironically, I don't think it mattered who they played uh, in some of these games. They were going to lose. They should have just gone ahead and played better competition. But this is the point they're at. I feel horrible for the players. They're better than Oklahoma. You weren't going to play Oklahoma in the tournament. That wasn't what the question was. The question was, how, how are you against the field? And the season showed that they, the committee clearly thought schools such as Oklahoma and Arizona were better against the field than Kansas State. Next question from Denland0809. True or false, the 2023-24 starters for both basketball and football are already on the rosters? Football true. Yes. I think. Yes. I don't think they're going to find anyone yeah. else at this point. Basketball. No. No. I'll say there's one starter that's not on the team. Could be one or two. Yeah. Yeah. I think if they want to be really good, there's two. They still need to yeah. go find two pieces. Um, and that's not a shot against anyone on the team. It's just they need more. Maybe they're just two high-quality players. Maybe they're a player like Desi Sills, who isn't technically in the starting lineup until a rising star of an assistant coach made the suggestion. Huh. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Desi wasn't considered really a starter over the course of the season, but if you could find another player at that level, you'd be in better shape. Who One of his assistants. Do you, do you remember the name, the name of that coach? I, I just forget. Guy and Rilbert? Uh, that sounds good, yeah. yeah. Well, one of his assistants was in his ear about uh, keeping him on the bench so he could be like the sixth man of the year in the league. I don't, I don't know who that would have been. Guy and Lilbert would have been better than that. Yeah, yeah. Than that guy. Apparently, he was still eligible for that award and didn't get it. Which yeah, that I might be more upset about than baseball. Well, Tyler Perry probably be a starter. Cam Carter probably a starter. Tomlin's for sure a starter. And then Manning or Colbert, you know, one of those post players. So it's the more I think about it, probably just one, unless they get that that X factor dude that can come in and make it two. But I would say one. I tend, I tend to say David. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I, it is zero. That's how it's not. I mean, that, again, if you're if that's your starting lineup, you haven't helped yourself right. enough through the right. portal. <clears throat> I, I think if this team um, really wants to achieve. But it's possible Cam Carter assumes a Desi Sills role and someone else comes in that's, you know, more of a front line score distributor. And they they really do want that Boudet. I mean, he's the perfect guy for that spot, the the guy that can run and block shots and be an offensive threat, but also a defensive presence more so than what David Kassan can just because of his build. Yeah. If K-State lands Uday, he's going to jump Colbert or Manning, I would assume. Well, I think Manning's more of a 3-4 type guy. Sure, now, sure. So. Next question from Big Sam. What is the likelihood of neither Texas nor Oklahoma making the conference <clears throat> championship game in football this year? If Texas doesn't, it'll sum up their entire post-Vince Young existence, right? <clears throat> that if they can't get in to the championship in a year in which some people in, around the country think they'll be in the national championship, not the Big 12 championship, the national championship, because, you know, they're back. If they can't do that, it'll just sum up everything about Texas. All hat, no cattle, quite literally. 
I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma, I don't think Oklahoma's going to be good. I, I mean, I think they'll be good enough to go to a bowl game just like last year, but I don't see this this scheme working. You can't add that many guys to a football program and expect a cohesive locker room. If they pull that off, that's amazing. But I think Tech's good. I think K-State's good. I think TCU's good. Yeah, there's just there's some really quality competition. The only thing going for Oklahoma, and I don't mean this as a shot, I literally mean this, is they don't play K-State. That's their kryptonite. Mostly in Norman, and the game would have been here in Manhattan, but still, they got a burden off of their schedule. And essentially on K-State's schedule, you swapped out Oklahoma for Houston. and We'll take that. Yeah. I think the likelihood of neither making it, less than 50%. I think there's a good chance that you're playing one of those two teams. I would agree with that. That's a that's a much more concise answer to this question than what I just babbled through. I just get I get the feeling that it's going to be like 2010 all over again, but Texas is Nebraska since they're leaving. I think it'll be remarkable if they don't make it again. What would be even more remarkable if yet two different teams made the championship game? It was Texas Tech and I'm just throwing this out. You Baylor. Have. Yeah. No, not Baylor. Because, look, over the last three games, we had Oklahoma and Iowa State. Baylor and Oklahoma State. Kansas State and TCU. If Tech and someone else make the championship, I, I think we can assess it won't be Kansas or Iowa State. We're running out of schools here pretty quickly. Cincinnati? Yeah, it's going to have to be a newcomer. Did It'll you? say an awful lot about the conference. But I think you're right. I think Texas. I think the championship game will be Texas and Kansas State. I think that's pretty fair. Hmm. Hmm. Do you say? I do not think K-State gets there. Sorry. It, it's, look, it, to navigate the Big 12 is unlike any other conference. You know, I'm looking through, uh, because I just did a daily delivery on the SEC, I'm looking through their schedules. And I, I totally recognize, I mean, anyone from K-State that does not recognize that Alabama and Georgia are a different cut than other programs after what happened in the postseason is – is a little bit nutty. <clears throat> but you look down through the SEC, and, and, you know, K-State's won a lot of games against those programs. They're very comparable to the Big 12. Um, I, and, and I looked at Missouri's schedule for 2024 for that DD. They have four incredibly winnable non-conference games. I, I can't explain why they're going to UMass for in the non-conference. It's just weird. But their Power 5 non-conference game is against Boston College, which... It's great scheduling if you have nine conference games, but they also have Vanderbilt on their schedule. They have five wins built in. Mighty SEC, look, they went seven and five. It's just, it's. I feel like by that point, counting Vanderbilt as a win may not be enough. I feel like I feel like Mizzou and Vanderbilt are doing this kind of collision course. I'm making a graph where one's going down and one's going up. For those watching at home, that, listening, I hope, at home. They're not, I hope they're not watching. They're always watching. I'm not wearing pants. But go back to last year uh, in 2022. Baylor was the preseason favorite. That didn't work out. Oklahoma was number two. That didn't work out either. So <clears throat> the expectations that we have for Texas, like it's not always going to be as you think it is. And especially with Texas, they're always going to be an overrated team. And so. It's it's up for grabs, obviously. I think Oklahoma, even though it doesn't look like they have a real chance right now, 
anything can happen. And obviously just a few plays here and there and a game or two can really change a season. So I think at least Texas or OU, one of those teams will get in to go back to the question. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, they're, they're quality programs. Uh, I think, I think they'll fare okay in the SEC. They're going to miss the Big 12 because they won't oh, yeah. get all the calls that they typically have gotten. And Texas won't run the show. But I only think one team will do well. I think one team will rise and the other one will fall. Stink and regret everything they did. Okay. I think I know where you're going with that. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know oh, where you oh, think I'm going. I think I'm Oklahoma's going to regret it. Oh. I think Texas has the budget, can attract the players. Um I don't think OU will regret it in gymnastics. I will say that. No, they won't. <laughs> you are proud of that Oklahoma gymnastics team. They are really incredible in some of their other sports. Softball is the UCLA dynasty of women's softball. I mean, they are like three of the four longest winning streaks in college softball history are OU winning streaks. Yeah. Just set the record again. It's incredible. But if one of these two teams loses two games by the time we're done with October, like they're, they're going to be checked out. Like, okay, we're going to the SEC next year. Let's just get through this season, go through the motions. So I agree, Zach, one of those two teams easily can just tank it for the rest of the season. If they struggle early, you got to get that number one SEC draft pick, right? (laughs) (laughs) Last question of the first half is from power cat. Ryan, do you think a big money donor would make a bigger impact donating a million dollars towards assistant coaches or to an NIL. Just give it to Fitz. Mm, yeah, that's good. You'll feel better about yourself. You're supporting a local business. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the problem with this question is how do you measure this success? If you get the right player or two through the NIL and you win the Big 12 and play for the national championship – Maybe that measurement outweighs anything long-lasting, keeping together a strong coaching staff. But at the end of the day, a million dollars spread among your 10 coaches one time isn't going to really exactly. propel you that much. It, it needs to be $10 million put in every two or a, three years to a fund, <laughs> and then someone else puts in $10 million. Um, and honestly, that is the limitations of Kansas State. Incredible fans, some very wealthy donors that are very, very generous. But the, that pool, compared to other peer institutions, probably smaller. Just is. No medical or law school. Um, a lot of the people that have risen up and donate back are kind of self-made. They didn't rely on their fancy degree to do it. They they went out as engineers or you know got a business degree and build incredible companies, um, either their own or as CEOs. So a um, million dollars just doesn't move the needle much in either area unless you go buy the right player in the right sport at the right time and it all clicks. So maybe the answer is NIL. I was headed towards coaches, but maybe no, it is NIL. It's NIL, especially now that NIL's settled down from the ridiculous fees from last year of you know millions of dollars going to guys that didn't understand what their contract was and then they back out because they realized they weren't going to get as much money you know just i think a million dollars goes a lot longer this year and in the future than it would have you know the last couple years so i think you could get a couple good players for 
you know, a four-year career on a million dollars versus if you donated a million dollars, you might keep a staff together for one year. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's just, it's a drop in the bucket for coaches versus, you know, you can actually make a splash and improve the team if that's what your end goal was with the NIL. Agreed. Guilds, you just want them to come down and tip it at at your place of uh, employment? The place that can't be named on this yeah, podcast? Yeah. Here's a million-dollar bill. Where's your tip jar? Sir, there's no such thing as a million-dollar bill, but I have one. I want to give it to that tall, sexy bartender standing next to Ryan Gilbert. <clears throat> Vladimir? Vladimir. Miss Vlad. I miss him. We got any more going over there? Or are you gonna just keep keep staring at me, making googly eyes? Did I not mention that that was the last question? I don't think he did. did he did. I did. He did. Damn it! <laughs> God, I gotta listen to Ryan Gilbert more. Oh, that's horrible. That's it for the first half of this wonderful podcast. Even if your host is asleep at the wheel, we're gonna arrive somewhere after the second half. But you got to get through the break, and then we'll have the second. You know how it works. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, the podcast in which we answer your questions from Wabash Station and everyone in the K-State world or any sports world. Heck, not even sports. Maybe you're not into sports. You just want to hear Ryan Gilbert. I understand. We all go through it. And we're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Stop into the fridge every time you are in town. I am overdue to go see Kevin and the gang at the fridge. Uh, Just drinking hasn't been on my bucket list lately. Not not feeling it. I'm aware of that. I haven't seen you at the bar in a while. Every time I decide to... I want to go do something. My stomach or another thing related to my treatment says, eh, maybe you should go nap. Eh, maybe we should go home. You can still nap at the bar. They really frown upon that. Trust me, I know. Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My, 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 my eyes are just really heavy right there at the bar. Plus, you end up with like cocktail straws on your face. That's. Take your questions from Wabash Station now after a long pause. Ryan Gills Gilbert. First question of the second half from Joe Katz. Who will win more Big 12 championships, Will Howard or Avery Johnson? Is it bad that I just look at this like a math problem? Will Howard has already won one. Exactly. He's going to overlap his time with Avery Johnson. If he wins one with Avery Johnson on the team, that's one extra bonus one that he gets. And then Avery has to go out on his own to get one. I feel like it's Will. (laughs) Well, just on are the you math. Counting if if K State wins this year, Avery doesn't get that, does he? Yeah, he's on the team. Uh, but he's yeah, I wouldn't. I see. I think they mean as a starter. you mean as a starter. Yeah, 
Still, Will has one in his pocket already. So. Yeah, either way, yeah. I think it comes up to Will because winning a Big 12 championship is hard. Maybe the way Avery's going to be coming in to be quarterback, potentially, he's got to beat out some really good quarterbacks. In the post-OU Texas era, it'll be a whole different game. I mean, there might be 12 schools for a year and then 16 schools, and I don't know how I'm supposed to project how many games he's going to get get to win against teams I don't even know are in schedule or not. So I'll stick with Will because he's got one. And then let's hope the total's five at some point in this stretch, and then we can figure out how to allocate those. Well, that would be Avery if it was five. Unless Will sticks around another year. He's got another year, technically. I don't see it happening, but I guess that could be the wild card in this this answer, too. He's got more time. The odds of it being a tie, both of them each getting one as the starter, I think, is probably the the favorite. Nobody likes the push, Gilbert. It's not a push. It's a three-way money line. Yeah. Is that what soccer does, right? Yeah. I wouldn't know, but... Well, you seem like gamble. you know. You got something to tell me? <laughs> no. Are you uh, are you secretly back there betting on the Premier League? No. I would I, never bet on soccer. I only bet on poker. Poker. <laughs> You're pretty good at the NFL, too. Well, re- reasonably well. Yeah. In the green. Hey, they have three-way money lines <laughs> in you NFL. Can, Technically, they do. You can. Yeah. yeah. There are ties in the NFL. It's like plus 8,000, but... Hmm. Hmm. I'll think you're just throwing darts and hoping. Yeah, pretty sure that'll be a bet I will make. <laughs> <laughs> so does that? Sorry, does that affect the money lines just a little bit? Then I think it's maybe it's a separate bet though. I think they keep pools separate like that. Huh? I don't know. Okay. Tcon man zero <laughs> eight wants to know: Is the Jerome Tang contract extension on the way? This summer, or does K-State wait and see if his success can be repeated? <clears throat> Big extensions after only one good season gets schools in trouble, and Gene has not really done it before. Um, I think there will still be some kind of contract adjustment. Um, but the interesting factor here is Jerome Tang isn't a guy to take the time to call his agent or – accepted a call from his agent saying we got to we got to use this to get you more money that that just i don't see that as Jerome Tang's motivation here at all um but i think there will be some kind of add on or something going on here but uh i am all on board on the anti one year new contract things it, it it does typically get programs into trouble but it also gets them into trouble because they give them to someone who didn't really achieve that much. Oh, you won six games in football. Oh, you won 19 games in basketball. I'm going to give you a new contract. They, they, they did what they were supposed to do. But going to the Elite Eight in your first year kind of exceeds that. So I'm a little bit more forgiving if there's a new contract here. That's extraordinary yeah. achievement in the first year. I'd rather see something like a bonus, like, 25,000 for each conference win or something is the bonus, you know, and that, like that can escalate his contract up and then that can be like the new, the new salary going forward. Like, I think that it should still be a little bit incentive based if you're going to redo a contract after one year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. You, okay, great. You did a good job. Here's a way you make an extra million dollars. Do it again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I understand that Gene Taylor hasn't really done this before, but this there's nothing fluky about what Jerome Ting did. Everybody understands and believes that he is the you know the future of K State basketball. It's not like you know K State beat a 16 seed, somehow beat Kentucky. You know, like a fluky Elite Eight run. This was legitimate, and so I understand that's not normal to extend him so soon. But you'd have to be drugged out like Fitz is going to be this afternoon to to not think that Tang needs to get an extension. Wow. Wow. He just put it out there with no context, didn't he? <laughs> There's a reason, folks. There's a reason. You should just make the podcast thumbnail your little helmet, <laughs> oh, your gosh. little mask you have oh, to wear. God. <clears throat> no. Uh, just to clarify, I have a rather – I'm starting a rather – horrifying phase of my radiation because I'm claustrophobic and have to wear this. I mean, it looks like something from a Halloween costume mask that literally screws into the table and being claustrophobic, I will be Valium will be my friend. Lots of it. Or I want some. It's really, I don't understand how people get hooked on it. It just kind of makes you groggy. Now, why would I mean? Maybe you take so much it turns into an upper. I'm not sure what, but it just. I, last time when they made the mask, they my wife and I stopped at this awesome outdoor place, uh, landscaping store in Topeka, and she finally realized I need to get my husband out of here. He's like a drunken bear. <laughs> <laughs> I I seemed okay until I got into open spaces without anything really to hold on to, and she thought I was going to fall down. But that's, thank God my nephew's driving me today. Do you have life alert? If you fall down, you can't get up? That's always always have my phone. I always have my phone. You need a button, though. You know what, though? In all seriousness, uh, my mom now has an Apple Watch because of that. Mm-hmm. It's on her, and if anything happens, and she's in her 80s, she's in her 80s with an Apple Watch. I, I love her. She's That's amazing. I hope she doesn't fall when it's charging. <laughs> I gave her I gave her the sugar bowl charging thing that we got. Ooh. So she can charge her phone and her watch at night if it works. Wow. And now she has a sugar bowl thing on her nightstand. How a sugar bowl thing. A sugar bowl. I love how when we're talking in the context of someone that is older and talking about a sugar bowl, it just seems very elderly. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You come to think of it. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but here we are. It's my fault. I brought up your drugs. Thank you. Me like drugs. From Eric Schneid, if you could recruit a former basketball player in their prime to play football this season for K-State, who are you picking and what position are they playing? Same question if you could flip it with a former football player in their prime to play basketball. Wow. Um, John Holcomb basketball? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That <laughs> <clears throat> kid picked the wrong sport. I am intrigued about Keontae Johnson as a tight end. He's big and physical. You know, how tall is he? 6'5? Six, 6'4? Six, That's just the. Immediate thinking, though. I always thought Martavius Irving would be an incredible safety. Really? Really quick, compact, strong. Yeah. Does he have the height? Yeah, he was six foot, six one, as a safety. Yeah. Okay. Horrible feet. But not feet in like a. That can't move his feet, you know, like a scouting. It's just. He apparently had ugly feet. It's just, I like to bring it up a lot. <laughs> I don't know why. 
Um, DJ Johnson be another good yeah, one. Yeah, DJ. I, I, I thought of DJ too. And Big Gip as well. I think he worked out with yeah. like the Packers. Actually, the Big Gip's the right answer. Uh, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, maybe not even as a tight end. I think Big Gip was so athletic if he'd really put on, because he, he fights his weight. So if he'd been in the sport where he wanted to carry weight, I think he might have been a left tackle at his athleticism. I think he could have gotten up to, with the football training, you know, as a goal, he would have gotten up to around 300 pounds and a lot of muscle, and he's just so athletic. I think he could have really, that could have been a spot. Marcus Bas- Noel could have be a Deuce Vaughn. <clears throat> yeah, I think Marquise, anything involving, you know, that he can use his quickness, which is amazing. Um, I'd like to see Desi Sills as a receiver. That little sucker could run. Yeah, he'd get from end of the court to end of the court. But uh, I don't know about basketball, football going to basketball. That's really hard. Will Howard, maybe. But, I mean, I don't know. Ben Sennett could be an enforcer. I can, can we just get, can we make a hockey team out of I know. all of K State's athletes? Put Ben Sennett and Brandon Mott. We keep recruiting these guys from the upper Midwest that, yeah, I played hockey. I don't know why they talk that way. <laughs> but and I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I just mentioned Ben on uh, Sirius XM this morning uh, that I can't imagine that guy on skates closing in on me. Like, why is it the ice melted right there? Oh, that's where Fitz peed. That's, he just lost it. So, yeah, that's harder to translate bas- football to basketball, I think. I mean, we saw it back in the day with Rashad Washington, a safety filling in basketball when they were short on players. And he... He was a great athlete, but didn't. He wasn't a great basketball player. I think Blake Lynch would make a very good power forward. I think you're you're wrong, uh, but um, he, he certainly is uh, at the right height to be the point guard. Huh? Five foot five. I don't. Yeah, I, I still think that's a lie. I still <laughs> yeah. think that was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Last question from El Camino Cat. Does UConn make sense as an all-sports addition to the Big 12? Is their profile much different than Arizona basketball schools with limited football success? Do we, do we need an Eastern school to balance out the conference? This is the big question for me. What is the intent of Brett Yormark? Does he just want the best schools possible, geography be damned, or is he – Beginning to think systematically here, what will this conference look at look like at 16, at 20, you know, for football if we get there? And if the answer is we want to keep it to four out west, only add three, I think UConn's definitely in play. Short of having the ACC available in the short term, which I don't think will happen. I think it'll come open long before their rights agreement ends in 34. But it won't be in the next year. I think it's going to take a while to fracture and lawsuits and all that. Um, so I can see him taking three from the pack and then turning around and saying, okay, we're going to have a basketball play. Um, UConn comes in. They make this conference more attractive possibly to schools such as Villanova and um, other Big East programs if they have the entire basketball expansion. UConn has... They have plenty of growth potential because they're pretty near the bottom of football, even though they had a good season this year. They're in the ESPN's backyard. They get you closer to New York. I see all the reasons why he's interested in UConn, and I still can't get my mind around UConn getting an invite. 
I still would probably prefer the growth potential of uh, South Florida if you're going to go do that. But he apparently has permission to add UConn or San Diego State if they need to do that. The other upside of UConn is you can add them at a smaller, you know, smaller share immediately. Yeah, you're going to come in at a half share for the next, you know, through this contract. So we'll see. I I think we're getting close. But, again, I don't know where Brett Yormark's going. I don't know if he wants six out west. I think the most efficient thing to do is to have four out west, four in the old Big 12, four in the old southwest, which is Texas. Four eventually in the southeast and four eventually in the northeast. But certainly in this period, maybe four just out east. I mean, it all just comes down to how many teams you want to add. Right. And I think, that, I think UConn makes sense. I think Arizona makes sense. But only in the context of once you know which way the conference is going. Right. Because if you go out west, that probably takes UConn off the table, at least for a little bit. Or if you go to UConn... You probably need to grow a little bit more to the east. But also you have the ACC and whatever they're going to do. Yep. I mean, there's so many open doors right now. And at least at the moment, it doesn't seem like the Big 12 and Brett Yormark want to be the catalyst of things. And maybe that changes with Colorado or, you know, some school from the Pac-12 just saying enough is enough. We need a media deal. And the Big 12 has one. So and maybe that's the first domino that falls, and maybe you get Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, you know, whoever out there, you know, forces some hands. But until that happens, I just I don't you know any possibility makes sense, and you can argue for for most anything for the Big Twelve to add. Here's what I want to caution people about: Brett Yormark isn't confined by the conventional wisdom of college sports. He sees things from a different angle, and he could be wrong on some of this. Maybe the basketball play that I've come to like is an idiotic idea, and maybe his thought that a Big 12 basketball-only contract can get in excess of $20 million a school, maybe that's all wrong. and ends up being six, seven, eight. Which is what it's still an improvement, right? Yeah, well, it is, yeah. but, you know, it's not where you thought it would be. Um, but he looks at schools like UConn and doesn't see the past. He sees the future. He looks at San Diego State and UNLV and maybe a South Florida and sees the future, not what they are at the moment. Utah was a Mountain West program, a really good one. And now they're the best fit, in my opinion, for the Big 12 if their fans didn't hate the Big 12, make it so known that they'd have no part of the truck stop conference. Yeah. So, you know, you look at these schools and you can't just say, well, this is what they are now. What will they be? And that's really where I think he's going to take the conference and understanding that San Diego state maybe doesn't have great attendance now, but at some point if they're in a major conference and they don't have NFL in their market anymore, which they don't, it's going to be a big deal. Now, I don't know how he calculates that. Maybe it's all in his head. Um, but he's he's arriving at decisions that we don't fully understand, but getting there for good reasons. It's not emotion. It's not it's not gut instinct. It's really studying and knowing how things evolve in the marketplace. I think he's done an incredible job. The Big 12 is stable. And you can make an argument that only the Big 12 and SEC are stable right now in this moment because of the Big 10 contract. 
not that big a deal. ACC's a mess, and the Pac-12 is, um, they're just on, they're just kicking the can down the road until they can't kick it anymore. So, Brady Romark's done a great deal for great job for Big 12. I trust him to do something smart in this phase. I think there's going to be three phases to this. This one, the basketball one, and the ACC one. And if he gets what he wants, we're going to end up in the Big 20 with 20 football programs and maybe 22 or 24 basketball programs. A new world is coming. That's way too big. But it's what you need to do to survive in this moment. Did you? Did I not say it again? No, you said it. I just wanted to know if you had anything to say. I would like to add that I agree. That was a dynamite wow. drop. Way to go. That's, see, that's why I keep him around. He always agrees with me. That's it for this edition of the Powercat Questions Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. Go check out the daily deliveries. Check out the other videos we have. Uh, Life of Fits is getting ready to kick off for the summer of 2023. And unless our schedules get crossed, we have Chris Kleiman booked for episode one. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.